Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. Uh, We're going to jump back into Acts chapter 9, verse 7, but let me set the stage. Saul is on his way to Damascus. He's got warrants to kill, drag out, and persecute all of the Christians, the men and women he finds there who are believers. And he's on the road to Damascus, and in that uh, encounter, he sees a light. This light blinds him. He falls to the ground. He hears a voice. And it says in verse 5, he responds to the voice, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. So Saul is having this encounter with the risen Jesus, not some fictitious figment of his mind, but he's actually seeing the risen Jesus. Jesus is talking to him. And the people around him, what are they thinking? Here we go, verse 7. The men with Saul stood speechless. For they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Later in the book of Acts, Paul clarifies a little bit about this experience. And we learn essentially that the the people that were with him, they experienced it, but not in the same way. It was almost like... um, if you've seen Charlie Brown, there's a teacher in Charlie Brown, and she sounds like wah 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 wah. And Charlie Brown knows what she's saying, but the rest of us don't. That's what I picture here. Saul knows exactly what Jesus is saying to him, but everybody else doesn't understand. And I don't know why that is. I don't know uh, what happens there, but maybe if I were to make a conjecture, it would be Saul. His heart is in the right place to hear from Jesus. Jesus is coming to specifically talk directly to Saul. Uh, Think about Saul being present in the Sanhedrin, and he hears Stephen's testimony. And he looks, and Stephen is actually looking up into heaven and seeing Jesus. And maybe there's a part of Saul that the Holy Spirit was working on that was going, man, I wonder if that guy's right. I wonder if I might have that connection with Jesus. I've heard about all these apostles, Peter and John, have now come in and testified, and I've heard them testifying that they had an encounter with the risen Jesus. I wonder if that's possible for me. It doesn't say that, but I'm just making that conjecture that I wonder if that was part of Saul's heart, and maybe it wasn't for the people around. So what happens? Verse 8, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Now he has to decide... He has to decide, am I going to go into Damascus and do what I was going to do? Am I going to go into Damascus as Jesus told me and I'm going to wait? Or am I going to return back to Jerusalem? And we see he chooses to follow what Jesus said. I'm going to go into Damascus and I'm going to wait. And while he's waiting, he's blinded. And something you need to know about Jewish law is if you were deformed in any way, if you were blind, if you were lame, you weren't allowed in the temple. So Saul has to immediately come to the realization, oh my gosh, I can't see. But he also has to come to the realization that he's not going to be able to worship in the temple. If this doesn't go away, he's going to lose some of his connection that he had with God before. He's going to be defiled in a way that he's never really thought about in his life. And so what does he do? Verse 9, he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now, we don't know whether he didn't eat or drink because he couldn't. We don't know whether he didn't eat or drink because he just wasn't feeling it and he just was like, you know, in a really sad state and he didn't want to eat or drink. I'm going to make the conjecture that he didn't eat or drink because he was fasting. Because he was a very, very devout Jew and he would have understood the practice of fasting in order to hear from God. And fasting is not about, you know, like 
not eating so that you lose weight. It's not about uh, showing off that you can withstand not eating for years, you know, whatever. You're not like some kind of like super Christian. It's not about that. It's about when you have a, a hunger in your stomach, you're replacing that hunger with the hunger for God. And you're going to spend that time praying and searching after God. You're going to refocus your attention on the fact that everything you need for your life comes from Him, not from your own uh, body. And food is a key way indicator of that, but it doesn't have to be food. You could fast from something else, say social media. Um, you could fast from uh, something that is taking you further from God and begin to replace that with something that draws you closer to God, like reading the Bible, prayer, um, spending time with other Christians. So I want to pray for us today. God, you are a God who chases after us. You pursue us in such a mighty way. And yet, so many times we're distracted by the world. And God, just like Saul had this moment, this experience with you, where he came in direct contact with the risen Jesus, God, when he has that encounter, we need to know that we can have that encounter daily, that we can come close to you. And I pray that we would each draw back from something in our life. Uh, maybe it's food, maybe it's social media, maybe it's something else that's pulling us from God. God, I pray that you would reveal that thing to us and that we would not draw away from it and at the same time draw closer to you. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.